Well, good morning. Yeah, let's, um, that's a great, great video, right? Great, great um, story of how individuals come together and how uh, they uh, share their lives with one another and grow uh, as they share their lives. I wish I had examples like that growing up. Uh, I wish I, in terms of like, like at the very beginning, I wish I had individuals that I could actually, uh, individuals who could walk with me and show me how to spend money and show me how to do marriage and show me how to do those things. I, uh, my mom and dad, I knew my mom and dad loved each other, but, uh, but when it came to seeing the, just the ocular demonstration of what that looked like and um, the practical demonstration of that, that where my dad is sitting me down and saying, okay, this is what this looks like, or uh, this is what this looks like in terms of money. This is what it looks like in terms of, uh, of literally life in general. I wish I had those kinds of examples. And so I celebrate, I celebrate um, these couples and celebrate the whole re-engage ministry because uh, it's impacting individuals in a significant, significant way. Uh, that, that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're talking about what does it mean to, um, for us to actually be examples, to pour our lives out for other people? Well, what does it look like for um, individuals in a church uh, to help create a healthy church as we give and share our lives? This is kind of what we're talking about today. What does discipleship and disciple-making look like? Uh, what does it look like for you and I to actually say, I am here in, uh, in the world to not hoard, but to actually give myself away? And we all have assignments. We all have assignments. I remember when I was growing up, when I was growing up, uh, my mother and father gave us assignments um, on, uh, throughout the week and on the weekend to clean the house. Um, I would, some weeks have, uh, I would wash dishes, um, bus suds, as we say, and, uh, and other times I would um, clean the bathrooms. Other times my brother would do that. And so everybody had an assignment. And in order for the house to be healthy, and in order for there to be kind of this community feel in our home and for, for us to eat off of dishes that were clean or to have a house that was, everyone had to contribute to the house. And if we didn't, then it really kind of spoke to an unhealthy nature of our home. I, I would say the same thing it is, same thing is true when it comes to church life. Every single person in this room, you have a God-given assignment. Now, some of you may not know what that assignment is. We're going to talk about that today. But everyone in this room, you have a God-given assignment. And God says, for, for my house, my body to be healthy, everyone has to uh, do their assignment. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have a copy of the scriptures... Turn with me to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter, this is what I'm going to go after, what I'm going to at least attempt to go after today. Every follower of Jesus, 
every follower of Jesus can contribute to the advancement of the gospel and the health of the church by understanding their God-given assignments. So everybody can contribute. Everybody can contribute something to the advancement of the gospel and the, and the church by um, actually looking at and carrying out their God-given assignments. Okay, let me, let me read the verses. It says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. Now, when we look at this, there are four categories of people that Paul tells Titus to teach or to talk to informally as well as formally. There are four groups. There's older men, older women, younger, younger women, and younger men. Now, when I, when I read this and prepared for this message, um, I got the same feeling when I got that AARP card in the mail. That, 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 that there's a feeling of depression that came over me because the more I read this and the more I understand, understood it, I recognized that Paul was actually talking to me. So check this out. So when Paul says old or older men and older women, um, the philosopher Philo, the world, one of the world's leading philosophers, said that it was between 50 and 60 years of age. So the great physician Hippocrates, the Greek, uh, the Greek um, physician Hippocrates came along and gave this category of stages of age. Look at this. If you are a child, that's birth to seven. Boy, girl, eight to 14. A youth, 15 to 21. A young man, 22 to 28. Man or a woman, 29 to 49. And this is where the depression started. Old man, old woman, 50 to 56. Hippocrates got it all wrong. And then elderly man, woman, 57 to death. This is who he's talking to. Like I know some of you are saying, can we just leave now? Can you just give the benediction? So this is, this is significant. He talks to four groups of people. And every single one of them has an assignment. 
So everybody in this room, you fit into one of those categories. Either an older man or an older woman or a younger woman and a younger man. Even though the ages uh, you know, range from eight to 14, there are four categories and every single category has an assignment that contributes to the advancement of the gospel and the health of the church. Now, again, it's, it, it was kind of serendipitous that the serving expo was happening the same week we were doing this message. But, but yes, we want, you to, we want you to get engaged. We want you to make a contribution. But, but that's not the assignment. The assignment is found in the verses that we're covering today. So what is the assignment for older men? Let's read the verse again. But as for you... Teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Now, while we typically think that older men are wiser and more mature and stronger in faith, and those who are up in years, um, they, they might, um, we might think that they are wiser, but sometimes their actions simply don't justify that. My mother used to say there are such things as old fools. That they're just because we are older doesn't necessarily make us wiser. Just because we are older in age doesn't make, doesn't necessarily say that we deserve honor and respect. It is actually the conduct that actually comes with the age. It is the age plus wisdom. It is the age plus experience. It is the age plus the skill in life that warrants Respect that warrants this sense of wisdom that a man has. I guess I think the passage of time, I think in the passage of time and the experience of life invites all of us, invite all of us to actually live as wise older men. But many men refuse the offer to become wise. Many refuse the offer to become more mature. Many men just simply refuse to get older emotionally and spiritually. Chronologically, there is the age uh, where you get older, but the maturation, the emotional maturation, the spiritual maturation doesn't match. And so instead, we have a a group of men becoming more critical and more cynical and more cranky and more negative and even lazy. There are men, older men who fit in this category who say, wait a minute, let the young people handle it now. It's their turn. Well, the, the key is if you are part of the kingdom of God, there is no retirement in the kingdom of God. There is no slotching, no, no slothing off. There is this sense that if you are not dead, you are not done. God has placed so much in older men, and he says, I want you to give it back. So part of the older men assignment is to actually live your life in such a way where it blesses other people. In fact, Moses the last 40 years of his life were his best years. Caleb in the book of Joshua actually says at 85 years old, give me my mountain. I'm still as strong when I was a young man. 
And so for some, for some in this room, if you fit in the old man category, guess what? You are just getting started. You are not done. There's so much more work in advancing the gospel. It is so much more that God wants to pull out of you. You have gold inside of you. You have gold inside of you. I remember when I was preparing for this message, part of the reason I got, part of the reason I got a little uh, depressed because, number one, I wasn't supposed to do this message. Somebody else was supposed to do this message because I wanted an older person, older than I was, to do this message. <laughs> so I wouldn't feel old. That's, that was the idea. And uh, so, so many of you know that we are, um, in May, we're going to have a, a grandchild, a granddaughter. And... Um, and I'm saying, like, I'm not ready to be a grandfather yet, so I'm looking for cool grandfather names. Like, like you know, I love it when they call me Big Papa. Like, like I want to be, be connected to Biggie, Biggie Smalls, all right? I, that's cool. And, and yet, as I dug deeper, as I dug deeper, the Spirit of God revealed something to me. And he revealed this. You are afraid to get old. You are afraid to get old. And so I began digging deep, a little deeper. What, what do you mean? Well, well, part of it is the, the idea of getting old, mortality stares you in the face. And when mortality stares you in the face saying that, that not only will I get old, one day I will die. So I don't want to get old, so I don't want to have to think about death. That's what the Spirit of God revealed. This is the reason why I think he wanted me to preach this message. And just like I, if I dealt with it, I can recognize, I would imagine that there are some individuals in this room right now or looking and watching online, you're feeling the same way. And God says, I, I want you to get beyond that because I still have work for you to do. I have individuals I want you to disciple. I want you to pour your life out. Whatever life you have left, I want you to spend it on something good. And so Paul says to Titus, I want you to teach these older men, these old heads, how to live, how to give their lives away. And he gives several qualities he wants them to develop. And not only does he want, did he want them to develop, I am a spokesperson saying, God wants you to develop. I'm talking to men right now. I'm going to get to the older women. I, I'm going to get to the older women in a few minutes. So the first thing, the first assignment that you have as an older man is to be a student and a teacher. Listen to the text. It says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine." So here's the nuance here. Titus, who is a younger man, teaching older men, Paul is saying, Titus, I want you to teach older men. And older men, I want you to be humble students. 
I want you to receive from any and everyone who has the ability to teach you how to live life for Jesus. Whether it's a young man, whether it's a five-year-old, whether it's an older man, whether it's a peer, I want you to be a humble student to receive. But also, once you receive and lived it out, I want you to actually share it with other people. In this culture, in our culture, we are consumers. We take in and take in and take in and and, and feed me and feed me and feed me. But when it's time to give away to the next generation, when it's time to give away to the little shorties coming up behind us, when it's time to give it away to others so they don't make the same mistakes that we make, we hoard and hold on to what God has given. So be a student and a teacher. A second thing, a second assignment is to be sober-minded. That's what the text says, to be sober-minded. Older men are to be sober-minded and dignified. Sober-minded. Sober-minded is, the idea here is freedom from intoxication. Freedom from intoxication from actual wine and drink but freedom from intoxication of work, freedom from intoxication of pornography, freedom from intoxication from sex, freedom from all kinds of things that enslave us as men, freedom from intoxication of sports and our cars and our, all of these things that we have a tendency to get drunk off of. And so Paul tells Titus, teach these older men to be sober-minded, to be free from and talk balanced and with limits restrained from restrained from from overindulging to be sober minded and friends young men need men godly godly older men who can show them how to be balanced how to have limits that work is not life we need younger men need older men to say hey can i talk to you for a second little shorty hey this is what how i lost my marriage here is how i lost my health i want to share with you and so there's this sense to be sober minded and temperate but also dignified It's another assignment of older men to be dignified, and the word simply means um, to, to actually be respectable, to warrant respect. So one of the things that, that Paul tells Titus to tell these guys is that age does not guarantee you deserve respect. It is age plus your conduct that puts you in a place for the generation coming behind you and say, I see the way you love your wife, I respect you. I see the way you handle your money, I respect you. I see the way you cut your lawn, I respect you. I see the way you change your tires and teach your children how to do certain things, I respect you. It is this, I see the way you read the Bible, I see the way you try to obey the scriptures, I respect you. I, I see the way you discern the voice of God, I respect you. There's this sense where dignified means age plus behavior warrants respect. But he says also another assignment for older men is to be self-controlled. And self-controlled is just simply this idea of being disciplined, 
discipline in every area of your life. We're not talking about perfection, but this is a journey that older men should be on. So the interesting thing is, is that, that these first three, every Cretan, every Greek person wanted to have these characteristics and attributes. So the question that I began asking, what would separate um, regular Cretans from Christian Cretans? And Paul actually gives us that in the next set of things that or characteristics. He says, I want you to teach them to be sound in faith. In other words, I want them to be healthy in, a, in, a, in their growing relationship with God. I want, them to, I want them to actually grow. I want them to grow in reading the Bible. I want them to grow in memorizing scripture. I want them to grow in their prayer lives. I want them to grow in discerning the will of God for their lives. I want them to be sound in faith. In other words, I want them to understand who Jesus is and to grow up in him on a daily basis. Every man in this room, every older man in this room, you and I should have a daily walk with God. I'm not talking about what Jesus did 10 years ago. I'm not talking about what even what Jesus did five years ago in your life and mine. I am talking about fresh daily bread that you and I, we get up and we get on our knees because we're bringing our families before God. We're bringing our jobs before God. We're bringing our neighbors before God. We are literally asking God for fresh bread because someone is going to come in our lives and they're going to need the fresh bread that God just gave us today, not 20 years ago, but today today. So what does it mean for us to gather together as older men and say, we're going to pursue God. We're going to become God chasers together. There's this sense where we're sound in faith. But another assignment is not only sound in faith, but sound in love. And sound in love refers to this idea of I am fighting for the highest possible good of people around me. It's the kind of love that Jesus had that sent him to the cross. But then sound in perseverance, sound in endurance. I think every young man wants a model, wants a role model, wants an example that shows us how, or like I'm, I'm in the old category now, to show them how not to give up when things get tough. How not to give up on a job and how not to get up, give up on a marriage and how not to give up on children and how not to give up on yourself. This is what Paul is talking about. Teach the, this younger generation how not to throw in the towel when things get tough. There are a whole bunch of older men who have just said, I am done and I'm given, I've given up. And these young shorties behind us are saying, I'm just looking for a man who knows how to endure, who knows how to put one foot in front of the other and say, though they slay me, I will still serve God. I think young men are looking for those kind of examples. I know I was looking for that kind of example when I was growing up. I think young men are looking for older men who won't lose heart, who won't drop out of the race, who will fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith, who will persevere even though they feel like giving up. 
So Paul says, that's the assignment for older men. I want you to be self-controlled. I want you to be tempered. I want you to grow in faith. I want you to grow in your love, and I want you to grow in your endurance. Because you're going to need to share that with other people. Why? Because we're being watched. We're being watched. The next generation is watching us. The next generation is watching how we live our lives and how we, um, how we, if you're single, how you handle sexual passions. The next generation is watching. We criticize this generation as if we've had nothing to do with it. And so when I, when I look at my life and I look at what I want to give the rest of my life to, what I want to give the rest of my years to, when I look at my life and I look at where I am, I want to give my life to this next generation. I want to give my life to a group of shorties coming up and say, listen, here are my fail tales. Don't make the same mistakes that I've made. I want to give my life and live my life, life in such a way, not perfectly but a model worth following. That is the assignment for the older men. The assignment for the older women, verse 3, it says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train young women. So when it says likewise, it's actually saying the same thing that I told the older men. I want it to be true of older women. But then he adds a few things. He says, what I want you to do, I want you to be reverent. And reverent just simply means holy. And the word here is, has to do with furniture that was in the temple. So furniture was dedicated to God. And so what Paul is saying saying to Titus, I want you to tell the older women, those who, according to Hippocrates, are 50 and above, I want you to tell them to live holy lives. I want you to tell them to live lives in such a way your life is dedicated to God, not dedicated to all of these other things, but first and foremost, you are devoted and dedicated to God like the furniture in the temple, holy and dedicated. And the way holiness comes out in, this, in, in women, older women, Paul says, I want you, number one, to be truthful. The text says to not be slanderers. This is the same word for Satan. This is the same word for the devil. The devil is an accuser. The devil is someone who actually slanders and accuses and don't have all of the information and actually runs down another's name, another's family. And so what Paul is telling Titus says, hey, I want you to tell the older women not to be devilish. I want you to tell them not to act like the devil. And that means taking all of these little seeds of information and saying, girl, do you know what that family did? I, like, like, listen, I, I just, I'm telling you this so you can pray for them. He says, I want you to tell them not to be gossips. I want you to tell them tell the truth. Apparently, 
gossiping during this time, older women during this time didn't have a lot more to do at home, and so they spent a lot of their time running other people down. If you sit at a table with someone who's running someone down, you're next when you leave the table. And we're setting the example for what our young ladies are to be, to look like. So he says, be truthful, not gossipers, not devilish, not act like the devil. And then he says, I don't want you to be, the second thing, I want you to be level-headed. I don't want you to be a slave to wine. Kind of looks like they go together. Like once you get drunk, you're going to start talking about people. So that's kind of what Paul is talking about. Like, like, like listen, be, don't be a gossip. And don't be a slave to wine. In other words, there was, there was a lot of, there's a drinking problem among the men and the women, particularly older women, in Crete. And Paul had to remind Titus to tell these older women, don't spend all your day drinking. And don't spend all your day talking about people, running them down. Why? And because you're an example, people are watching you. They're watching your life. They're watching my life. And so he says, there's another assignment for older women. Be teachers. Informal, informal. I want you to teach the younger women how to live pure and holy lives. I want you to teach the younger women how not to scar their legacy. I want you to teach these younger women what um, the mistakes you made so they don't make the same mistakes that you did. Who else are going to teach our young girls and who else is going to teach our young men if it's not the old heads like us? Who else is going to show them how to live? Who else is going to show them what it means to love Jesus? Who else is going to show them what it means to live holy lives if it's not us? Who else is going to show younger women that you don't need a man to actually be comforted? You can actually let let the God of the universe, let the Spirit of God be your comforter. If, 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 if the older men and older women are acting like clowns, this is one of the words that, 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 that one of the, the scholars use, older men and older women don't act like clowns. We have a responsibility We have a responsibility. as older men and women to bless this generation, to pray for this generation, to not be critical of this generation, but to come alongside and walk with them and love them and gather them and let and read to them and show them who God is. 
I apologize. That 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 our our children are dying. Our children are disrespectful in the schools and they are not get, they're getting it from somewhere. But it's up to us as followers of Jesus, older men, older women, to invest in this next generation in a way that says, you matter. You matter. The assignment to younger women, it says, love your husband and children, your husband and children, be self-controlled, pure, working at home and kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. And so what Paul tells, he tells, actually tells Titus to tell the older women to teach the younger women. And he says, this is what I want, this is the curriculum. I want you to tell them to love their husbands. Honor your husband encourage him, admonish him, help him to know who he is, love him and and pray for him and bless him. But you can't teach younger wives how to love their husbands when maybe older women are running their own husbands down, criticizing their own husbands and saying that I hate you and you don't matter and get out of here and that, 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 that you, we're setting the next generation of young ladies up for to do the same thing to their husbands when they get married. So he says, I want you to teach them to love the husband. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about in this idolistic, idolatrous kind of way, but this way of saying that, man, I am committed to you. I am committed to you. I'm fighting for your highest possible good. Love your husbands. And then he says, love your children. I'm not talking, yes, the, the emotional and physical and education and morally and socially, all of those things. But he says, I want you to love them in such a way that you place them before God. Self-control, we talked about that already. It's the same word. Older women should teach younger women to be pure is that you, you don't have to run through every man. And you don't have to give your body, away, your body away to every man in order for him to love you. If he cannot love you without having your body, then guess what? He does not love you. I'm sorry for being a dad and kind of a pastor right now, but that's that, 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 that there are older women Teaching younger women, if you want to keep your man, you have to do certain things. That is not holy. That is not godly. And older women should teach younger women, be pure until you're married. If you made a mistake, re-up, rededicate, and say, I'm going to be pure before God until I get married. Be workers at home. Workers at home doesn't mean that you can't, women can't work outside the home. It just simply means that 
that women are industrious and resourceful and women are fully engaged in building the legacy of their home. It's kind of like a Proverbs 31 kind of woman. Be kind, be subject to your own husbands and that word, be subject, submissive, there's a mutuality that takes place that inspires respect. The husband loves his wife that inspires respect from his wife. That's, that's all that's saying. And then the assignment for younger men is to be self-controlled. Older men should come alongside and walk alongside younger men and teach younger men, um, hey, don't be impetuous, don't be rash, don't be unrestrained in your conduct, don't be impu impulsive, don't be volatile, don't fly off the handle, don't have a temper. If someone says something to you and all of a sudden you get upset, I tell, I tell my boys this all the time, listen, if someone says something to you and if it's not true of you, why are you getting upset? You're about to set yourself up for a lot of pain and a lot of heartache. So older men should teach younger men, dude, like, dude, you, if, you, if you get upset and you hit somebody, you're going to jail. That's about, you, like, like, yes. And, and I'm going to say this. I know we're mixed company. I tell my black sons and I tell other black men, it is, up, it, it is you have agency over your temper because the way it is portrayed in the community or the way it's portrayed in society is that you're an angry black man and you can whisper and still be considered angry. So this is equal opportunity across the board, not just for black men, white men, Asian men, you name it. It is about how do we allow the spirit of God to keep us from being volatile and rash and impetuous so Titus were to help them, Titus was to help them to master their sexual urges and impulses. Help them follow their minds and their logic and not their glands. To teach them to be responsible stewards of money rather than squanderers of their money. To show them the rewards of unselfish leadership and the foolishness of self-centered pursuits. And he was to do this by example. He was to do this with his own life. He was to do this by modeling it for these younger men. So what are we to do with this? Well, here are a couple of things. Number one, teach. Ladies, men, let's teach the next generation. We have to. Let's teach, formal and informal. Sitting down, me up on this platform, this is formal. Me sitting down next to you in a pew saying, here's how I failed in my marriage, here is how I failed in my finances, and here's what God has taught me, that's informal. Every day of our lives, we should be teaching somebody something. We should be learning something so that we might share it with others. So teach with words and our actions. This is what discipleship is. Number two, grow. Grow 
grow, grow. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. Keep growing. Ask individuals, ask other men for books. What's helped you to become who you are? If you are a business person, like what's helped you to become a great leader? Can you sit down? Can, I'll, I'll pay for your coffee. I'll pay for 30 minutes of your time so you might teach me what you know. Down, can you download what God has given you into me? Are there any books that will help me be a better husband? Is there a book that will help me be a better wife? Is there a book that you can, uh, that you can recommend or is there a best practice? Practices that would help me to be a good steward of my money? Is there some best practices to know how I can find my gift? Are there some best practices that will help me discern the voice and the will of God for my life? You want listen, this is discipleship. This is what we are about. We're to grow and progress in our walk with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, please do not become stagnant. Please do not become, I'm done, I've learned all that I can learn. Please do not do that. The shorties behind us are depending on it. Number three, contribute. Everybody in this room, you have a gift, you have an ability, God has given it to you, and God wants you to take advantage of the opportunity to bless others. Listen, we're having a serving expo has, I, like, this is not, this is kind of a plug, kind of not a plug. You, 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 you have gifts and abilities. And, and God says, I want to use you. I want to use you to bless people in my body. I, I, I want you to use your God-given ability and take your God-given assignment seriously so that you might create, help to create a healthy, a healthy body. So contribute. So I know BT says if you can stick around, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually imploring you, urging you before you get in your car, go and at least see all that God has given Trinity Church and how you might be able to plug in and make a contribution to the body of Jesus. I know we're all busy, but I, would, I just would encourage you to do that because if you're not dead, you're not done. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. And your gift and ability will be a blessing to other people here. And then lastly, model. Model, model, model. Example, example, example. Live your life. Let's model what we want the next generation to become. Let's model what we want the next generation to become. Um, And that is, man, we want to love God, we want to love people, and we want to endure. We want to love God, we want to love people, and we want to hang in there. We want to love God and love people, and we want to keep going, even when things get tough. So who's your who? Who are the people in your life that God says, hey, I just, like, I just want you to maybe walk up to them and introduce yourself and say, hey, how long have you been coming to Trinity? And, and listen to their story. All right, that's, 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 uh, I think that's all I have. And, um, I, that, and again, I, I know I don't have to apologize, but man, this is so near and dear to my heart. So near and dear to my heart. I watch these little, these, sometimes I, I get bored and I watch these YouTube videos. And um, on Twitter, I'll, I'll, there's a, a, an account called Fight Haven. 
Some of you might know that. And um, I think the ones that really break my heart um, is when a student hits a teacher. It's just, it breaks my heart. Cussing the teacher out, calling them bees, and deciding to, to put their hands on someone who, who's given their life to educate them. And I said, somebody did not, some older man or older woman failed in their responsibility. And I said, Tanya and I can help it. We want to raise kids that, um, that know their assignment. And I want to be a pastor of a church of old heads like me, of older experienced women, don't want to offend anybody, <laughs> younger men and younger women who know their assignment. So that we together might create a healthy church and advance the gospel. If you're here today, you want someone to pray with you. If you want someone to, pray, someone to pray with you, we have elders and deacons and prayer team members down front to pray with you. Let's stand and let's pray. So, yeah, Father, um, there are people in this room who are pouring their lives out for others, giving their lives away to the next generation, and we say thank you. There are older men and older women in this building right now and who are watching online. They're teaching the young ones how to actually manage their money how to be good husbands and good wives, how to love their children and how to be good bosses and good employees. There are older men and women in this room. They're, they're teaching them how to, how to tie a necktie and, and what colors go well with one another. And when they have on too much perfume and cologne... <laughs> God, there are people who are actually doing it already, and we thank you. They're taking young people, young men and young women to games, and, and on the car rides, they're investing and pouring in, and they're discipling and telling them about Jesus and showing them to go after their gifts and abilities. Older men telling younger men how to talk to young ladies, and older women how to, uh, telling younger women how to respond. And God, so we thank you. And yet there's more to do. And we pray that, that this little corner right here, 3355, and, and that, that you would teach us, you would teach us older men and older women and younger women and younger men how to live in a world that's out of control. We, we pray that you would help us to live controlled lives by the power of your spirit. 
so that people who don't know you might come to know you. So I pray you would bless your people and keep your people, cause your face to shine upon your people, be gracious to your people, and give your people peace. So we dedicate ourselves afresh to you. Older men, older women, younger men, younger women, we dedicate our lives afresh. We dedicate our finances. We dedicate our marriages. We dedicate our singleness. We dedicate our purity. We dedicate our minds and our imaginations. We dedicate our homes and we dedicate our cars. We dedicate our jobs. God, we dedicate our leadership. We dedicate our sobriety to you in this moment right now because we want to model well what it means to follow you. So thank you for the model of your son that we can look at today and live like him. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Please stop by the Serving Expo. If you have someone to pray with you, uh, want someone to pray with you, we'll be up front.